It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast, presented by our friends at Fetch Me. Run by an Auburn alum, and they offer the greatest variety of restaurants to order from and get your meal delivered in Auburn and Opelika. Head to FetchMeDelivery.com or use the promo code, or and use the promo code, excuse me, FetchMe20, FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. Also, the free FetchMe app. They do food. They do dry cleaning. They'll deliver your groceries. They'll do anything. Not anything, Literally but you know what I mean. anything. <laughs> So, you ask, they'll make it happen. They also have a late night service because you guys were asking for it. So now from 11 to 2 on Friday and Saturdays, you can um, you can order late night delivery. And if it's after 2 o'clock and you're hungry, just go to bed. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Zach Blackerby and Painter Sharpless here with you. Painter, a, a nail biter um, last night with Auburn basketball. Before we jump into that, though, uh, in just a few moments... Uh, I, I will chat with Deshaun Davis, former Auburn linebacker. I'm sure he will have some good stuff to say about the Auburn-Georgia matchup happening this weekend. So, all right, Auburn basketball, they win by a point in dramatic fashion. Isaac Okoro uh, already uh, impacting the Auburn basketball program. A great start for him. Auburn controlled a good bit of this game, but down the stretch, South Alabama gets hot. A great environment. I really, I think the story here is twofold. One, uh, Auburn's still spreading the wealth with their scoring, which is great. And then Isaac Okoro finishing strong. His stat line was good. We'll talk about that. The other thing here, Coach Pearl's scheduling, if this is intentional, I believe it was, has been excellent. Because one thing Auburn, I think, needs to do with a, a team that's got experience but a lot of inexperience, let's call it new, as the players who came back are playing new positions and have different roles, and then yeah. you, you insert those those other freshmen that, that are new, like that are, haven't been there. Auburn needs to play experienced teams. They're very athletic. They'll be able to match up against most teams this year, and especially I think it'll be – uh, they'll be more impressive down low. But but experience in the tournament is so important. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I mean, I, I think these are the best two teams in the state right now. I think South Alabama is an excellent basketball team. Ken Palm rated them as the most experienced team in the country. And I hate that uh, that this is going to get buried because of Isaac Okoro's performance and specifically his, his late-game heroics with less than two seconds to go. But Jamal Johnson's stat line, 17 minutes, Four for six from the field. Four for five from three. He was a big reason why Auburn was able to pull out this win. He had 14 points. He was second on the team. Only Isaac Okoro had more than him. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be encouraged by. Jamal Johnson, someone that I was eager to see play this year, but not a lot of people were talking about him. He had a small role when he was at Memphis, got some minutes as a freshman, of course, sat out last year. Yeah. This is really encouraging. You've got... McLemore and Johnson coming off the bench. Aking Bola will be a fan favorite. Statistically, I mean, he only played four minutes. Aking Bola did, but I think fans are going to enjoy him. And next year, they're really going to have to rely on him. But Okoro, like you said, um, had a great game with 15 points, six rebounds, six assists, and then Johnson adding 14 while McLemore added 14 off the bench. This Auburn team will be fascinating. They don't have the shooters that they had offensively last year but they have it feels like it's going to be a group 
that does a lot of its work by committee. And I think in some ways that could work out because if you have a player or two who's off, then you lean on someone yeah, else. Right. No, I, I agree. And having a strong bench, obviously, is, is something here. I mean, that's really how Auburn was able to do their run late in the season last year. But this team cannot shoot the three well at all. Last night was, I guess, arguably their best from three from a percentage standpoint, 41.7%, 10 of 24 from behind the arc. But if you take out Jamal Johnson, it's awful. Daniel Purifoy, 0 from 3 from 3. Isaac Okora, 0 for 2. Javon McCormick, 3 for 7. And uh, McLemore was uh, was 2 for 5. So, I mean... You can live with all that except, I think, the first two that you mentioned. with Purifoy and Okoro? Yeah, because they really want... And Purifoy, Coach Pearl has talked about the strides he's taken. And look, you know, you're going to have games like that. But that's going to be a big role for him. You know, he helped seal that UNC game because of his yeah. shooting. Um, and, and they're just relying on him more because he's going to be playing more minutes. As for Okoro, this was sort of a known factor. And one of the big things, I think, to whether or not he can make a jump this year to the NBA or if he comes back how reliable is that jump shot how reliable is his three on the wing he's got a lot of other traits that that make him NBA ready um, especially his defense you saw that physicality only his third game and he's hitting the the game winning shot I mean those are all great signs but those two have got to be more consistent for Auburn to be really competitive in in the SEC and and in the tournament I kind of called out Samir Dowdy either yesterday or the day before on the podcast painter saying, hey, I need you to be more efficient. And his stat line from last night, while it was his his lowest output of the season, 10 points, it was an efficient 10 points. 31 minutes, 3 of 5 from the floor. 10 rebounds? 10 rebounds, 1 of 2 uh, from behind the arc. But yeah, 10 rebounds, got his first double-double, I believe, of his career. Also, Auburn last night had three attempts at the final shot where Isaac Okoro and Samir got the second offensive yeah. rebound. And that, of course, ended up, he then had the assist, I he believe. He ended up winning the game, yeah. To Okoro that, that gave Auburn the lead. So, uh, good game in a lot of different ways. I think it shows I really like that Pearl has scheduled now UAB, South Alabama. It's something Alabama will not do, and he's made a point publicly to say that. Call uh, him out. I love it. Yeah, and, and you know, Credit to South Alabama. South Alabama would beat Alabama. They are the most experienced team in the country. Yes. They showed it last night. That's not, you know, I'm not trying to pump up this team too much. I think think it's a good basketball team. But they brought a great environment. Yes. They really, it meant a lot to that program. Had they gotten the win, it would have been a real selling point, I think, for them. So, good on Auburn. Going down there with a new and and a fairly young team. And being able to, early in the season, find a way to win against an experienced team in the tournament, wins like that, I think they matter very much because we've talked about this. There are teams like Kentucky and Duke who will get deep into the tournament just based on sheer talent alone, although it doesn't always work like that. Right. But a lot of teams, a lot of years, the teams that make it to the Elite Eight and the Final Four, they've got that blend of of talent and a lot of experience. And South Alabama certainly had experience. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on, so find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. So looking at Auburn's next three games, CSU Northridge, 
That is Friday, 6 o'clock on the SEC Network, so you don't need ESPN Plus to watch that. That's exciting. <laughs> Colgate and then uh, New Mexico. Both of those are on, in the next few weeks. So Auburn looking to start off the season undefeated, I think. I mean, North, the, the New Mexico game is interesting. They're 2-0 and currently as we're recording this show, so that is, um, that'll be one to watch. But this Auburn team, you can win close games like this for right now, but eventually it's like I still don't know what Auburn has as a product, and I don't think they do either. Well, okay, so here's one thing I'll say real quick about that. Kentucky lost to Evansville last night. Sure. Which, why? okay, why is that relevant? Kentucky just beat Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Kentucky's going to be a good team, as they always are. Teams are a work in progress, You're especially right. this time of the year. So to your question, hey, that's that's a great example. What though. does Auburn have? I think they've got a very athletic team with a really high ceiling. I also just wonder, like, when they hit their peak do they hit their peak at the right time this year because i think this is a team that i'm more high on than some people i think a lot of people see this team as a fourth or fifth place team in the conference and that that's a pretty i think accurate way of looking at it when you look at the talent florida returned and what they have in a, yeah. in a transfer when you look at kentucky every year um th- but I, I really think this is a team that could make a argument again to be one of the best by year's end and and some of that will simply we we don't know. Like they Auburn very much could just settle into a fourth or fifth place, but I think they could be the second best team in the league this year. Also, Wiley needs to play more than ten minutes. I know he 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 had some foul trouble. I think he fouled out. He may have fouled he out. Did. Yeah. He did. So that's the guy that I think needs to find a way to adjust his style to play for more than ten minutes in a game. Yeah, you know that's a good point. And one other thing that has been a concern with him as hands at times. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he, there are moments and there are flashes where you see him, especially under the basket where he's real physical and there's not a lot of guys that can stop him. There's like, but you know, especially on like that, that in like that pass to get it too wily. Sometimes he seems to struggle to secure it. Big guys are going to get into trouble. Some, as long as it's not, you know, always happening, I think it's okay for him to have a game like that. Now I get your point, like consistently, you don't. You want to have both the, him and Macklemore down the stretch in the last two minutes. Absolutely, Painter Sharpless of ESPN 106.7 hanging out with us. Painter, where can people find you and hear you, boss? Please listen to the lunch break with Justin Ferguson and me. That's Monday through Friday. We talk Auburn football, basketball, some random nonsense, and you can follow me on Twitter where I talk about soup and coffee. <laughs> Maybe you don't want that. I don't know. Mama Goldberg's Daily. I think. Uh, kind of an average sandwich, whatever, at Paint Sharpless. <laughs> uh, coming up in just a moment, Deshaun Davis, former Auburn linebacker, will join us. Um, before we get into that, I would love for you to call the Locked On Auburn podcast voicemail. Leave a question, comment. It could be about Auburn basketball. It could be about Auburn, Georgia. This Saturday, I want a caller-driven show tomorrow, 205-502-4285. That's 205-502-4285. I've got a few in there. I've not been ignoring you. Uh, I'm just kind of holding them for a for a voicemail caller-driven show. So hopefully that can happen tomorrow. would love your support um, on that. All right, Deshaun Davis coming up. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months 
or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Former Auburn linebacker Deshaun Davis joining us for a few minutes on today's show. Deshaun, always a pleasure, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, so you're starting to be able to feel the vibe around town. Obviously, a, a huge week. Auburn and Georgia kind of speaks for itself, but, I mean, what are these players going through right now? What does this week look like? Uh, I mean, you, you've been in the, the thick of it several times. I mean, what what, yeah. what, what, what do those emotions look like right now? I mean, the, pre- the preparation is all the same, man. Um, we kind of get on a routine. Um, you know, this is kind of the, the letter end of the regular season. So, by this time, we're on a, on a practice routine, we're on a pregame routine and all that. But the, the juices really don't get to flow until – you get off that exit, man, and, and you start seeing those those fans lined up for Tiger Walk. You know the the, the intensity kind of turns up at practice because you know it's Georgia Week and it's a big game, but you don't really really feel it until it, it get to that Tiger Walk moment. You're like, man, it's about to go down. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, two thirty uh, on CBS. I mean, that's kind of. You know, it seems like fans care more about that than the players. But I mean, is, is there any kind of vibe when you know, like, okay, you are the game. This is the number one priority of all of college football this uh, this week. I mean, do, do players care about that? No, nah, um, players don't really don't really too much care unless it's an eleven o'clock game. We hate playing the eleven o'clock games, but right, anything up in there. I mean, it's, it's just time to play football. But like you say. You can't you can't disregard the fact that it is a prime time game. Um, it is going to be on CBS. It's going to be national televised. Mm-hmm. So the world's going to be tuned in. You know, while you on the field and stuff, you're not thinking about that. But you know, at the same time, that this is a big game. You know, the fans know it's a big game um, because they scheduled at two thirty. The, the network knows it's a big game, and you know, hopefully, my guys can come out on top with a W this week. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So. Looking at the strengths and weaknesses of both of this Auburn team and this Georgia team, I mean, it looks like this would be a game that you would love to play in in regards of both defenses look incredible, both offenses kind of inconsistent. So I think, you know, whoever has the football, I mean, the favor is going in favor of the defense, right? I mean, do you expect this to be a rough, low-scoring football game? Oh yeah, I think it's gonna be a, I think it's gonna be a slow affair, man. But um, because because of both both defenses are good and um, both offenses are inconsistent, I think the key to this game is you know one of those offenses find a way to move the ball, you know, consistently give that defense a rest. Um, as, as a defense, knowing that your offense is struggling, you have to come in this game saying, "Hey, man, we gotta limit the big plays. We gotta uh, try to create some um, some turnovers to put our offense in better position to uh, execute and to to put some points on the board for us to." have a chance to win. So, you know, going into this game, it is our defense against their defense. You know, who, who can limit who can limit the uh, the big plays, who can win third down, who mm-hmm. can create some turnovers and uh like I say, man, I, I think I think if you put those two defenses side by side, I'm gonna take Auburn every time. I've been watching Auburn football, uh, Deshaun, my, my whole life and the best Auburn Georgia memory that I have watching Auburn football was two years ago, that twenty seventeen matchup in Jordan Hare, I think fans kind of looked at this team and it was led by you uh, defensively and saying, okay, they've got a chance to really slow down Jake Fromm and this Georgia team that 
a lot of folks thought was the best team in the country when, when you guys played them. They were number one. What was that like, and what is that memory of that game like looking back on it when you guys really just took it to them, really said, hey, college football world, look at us. You know, we're legitimate. We've got a chance to, to make a run at this thing. Man, that whole week, man, we knew that you know, no one gave us a chance. Uh, Georgia was probably the hottest team in college football. It wasn't probably. They were the hottest team. No doubt, yeah. In college football that year. Um, they had, had uh, Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb in the backfield. Uh, Jake Fromm was having a really great year. They had some receivers like Terry Goblin who can, uh, you know, make some plays. They had Miko Harmon. And um, all those guys right now, I just think, are, are in the NFL. They're on the league, Jake yeah. Fromm, so. Yeah, and, and they're still producing, you know, to this day. Mm-hmm. So um, they were they were a talented team. And like I said, no one gave us a chance to really come out and win that game. And I don't think to this day no one believed that we could except for the guys in this building. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people now say, of course, we knew you can do it. But that's because we did it. <laughs> so, sure. uh, like I said, it, it comes down to, you know, the guys believing in themselves it comes down to uh, you know, just going out, executing, having a great game plan, uh, buying into what the coach is saying that week. And when the ball snaps, you know, it all goes out the window. It's man on man. Hey, I want to win more than you. I have to execute more than you. I want to put my my team in a position to be successful. And I think that's what all 11 guys on both sides of the ball did every snap that game and the scoreboard showed it. Deshaun, take us through that week of preparation. I know you mentioned it a few times, but did... – did you guys kind of sit in the room and Kevin Steele or, you know, one of the defensive coaches kind of going through film? Were you guys like, okay, you know, I know this offense is moving the football consistently, but I think with our matchups, I think, you know, they're going to have a hard time moving the football. And obviously they did. I mean, did you guys know that you guys were going to be able to take over that much defensively in that game? Or was it, a, okay, you know, we got we to gotta feed off the fans and kind of go from there? Nah, man, watching that film and uh... – me, what I what I usually do, uh, we play on Saturday, um, Sunday we have a we have a red, I mean a practice day, but it's a it's a recovery day at the same time, you know, yeah. just to fix up some uh, iron out some rings that we made the previous game, you know, yesterday. So that Sunday night, I always get a head start on our opponent and um, watch some film, you know, just try to watch what they do best, um, try to see how they're trying to attack different defenses, and um, I compare uh, a defense to ours. See how they went at them. Uh, that Monday morning, I meet with Coach T. Will, um, and, and we we we're, we're watching film all day. Uh, I'm with the coaches up there all day, and just watching that week, man. I can remember just preparation. I was saying, man, this is really a basic team. They're an inside zone team. Uh, they they have a lot of tendencies. They lean on those running backs, and when you try to stuff the box, all they want to do is try to hit a, a, a big player too with Jake Fromm, try to loosen you up a little bit. And they're just turning around, handing the ball to, to 27 and number one. And they're saying, you guys going to get paid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, had a, they had a pretty good offensive line also. But sure. I knew the strength of our defense was our core. I knew we had a, a really good defensive line. I knew we had a really good line at the core. And it was like, if you think you're you're man enough to just say hut and run the ball in the middle of our defense, good luck. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to take us every time. Right. And they came out with the same exact game plan. I mean, that first drive, they moved the ball. They hit us with a, with a big play-action pass, and they got like 40, 50 yards off of it and put them in the red zone. And uh, you can tell, like, the crowd was just like, oh, man, here it goes. Yeah, like, Georgia was scoring right. like 40 points. They mm-hmm. were scoring like 40 points that year. And, and you can feel the 
all the energy was high and it was kind of mellow. The the, the the clouds were kind of mellow and they went down that first driving score and then just like the energy drained out the stadium. So me as a leader, man, I walked to the sideline and I was just telling my guys, man, hey, we're gonna be all right. I, I promise you guys, we're gonna be all right. Just keep just keep keep uh keep believing in the defense. Just go out and execute what we what we uh prepared to execute all week. And lo and behold, man, we we held those guys to forty six rushing yards, and they were averaging like. Two hundred and like two something, like th- almost three hundred rushing yards on the ground. Yeah, we have the forty six rushing yards, beat the number one team in the country, and we put everyone on notice that Auburn was for real. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned those two running backs. I mean, a first round draft pick and a second round draft pick, and you guys stalled them at the line of scrimmage. I mean, it was it was an incredible performance. But Deshaun, I mean, uh, pl- uh, coaches and players kind of referred to you as a as a defensive coordinator. On the field. So, I mean, it's obvious you know your scheme. It's obvious you understand how things work. So, how much has this defense changed since Kevin Seals has been there? Has he kind of been doing the the same thing since he arrived that it just continues to work and he just replaces pieces? Or is it kind of evolving uh, as, you know, opposing SEC offenses try to, you know, counteract what he's doing? Um, since, since Kevin Steele has been here, man, I mean, when he first got the job, uh, he brought the defense into us, uh, into us. It was kind of the same as um, how Will Muschamp uh, left it. And if you, you're familiar with a lot of college coaches, man, they all – that's why I, I tell everybody, Nick Saban is the greatest college coach of all time because if you, you look at a lot of head coaches now and a lot of offense coordinators, defense coordinators, at some point they're connected to that Nick Saban tree. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the knowledge that um, coaches are, are doing now, it all, it all sticks together. So – Defenses and offenses are pretty pretty much similar, but a lot of coaches they they dibble and dab into their own space, and I, I think that's what Kevin Steele do a really good job. You know, uh, the basis of the defense is the basis of the defense, but um, he, he he throws his own wrinkles in, and you can tell that he he has a knowledge for the game. And that week, man, we didn't put in anything special. It was just about getting his guys ready to play, um, getting his guys ready to execute, and that's believing in the game plan. And, like I say, we, we did that whole hardly. We went out and uh, had a dominant performance. And a big part of the storyline revolving around this defense is, oh my gosh, these young linebackers have hit the ground running. I mean, what do you see in these guys? I mean, what do you see about K.J. Britt and Owen Papo and and uh, Chandler Wooten? I mean, these guys, I mean, they seem to be like the real deal, Deshaun. Yeah, that, that's a good linebacker core, man. And, um, when you talk about that, man, I tilt my head to, to our former position coach Travis Williams, man, because he's been faced with this that 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 big question mark two out of four years um, that he's been here as, as the, uh, the linebacker coach. Because my uh, my sophomore year when Casanova McKenzie left, Chris Foss left, Justin Garrett left, and Anthony Swain left, it was just like, man, who was going to play linebacker? I mean, they knew Trey Williams was going to be there. He was a five-star linebacker coming out of high school. But he hadn't seen too many reps because of those seniors that we were behind. And um, no no one knew about – no one really knew about Trey Williams. No one really knew about Darrell Williams. No one really knew about Deshaun Davis. No one knew who Montavious Atkinson was. Mm-hmm. But T. Will said it started in that room when he got the job. And it was like, hey, man, you're going to play a linebacker here. No matter your first name or your last name, this is the way that we're going to play football. Yeah. And – Players, we we players took that and we we added our own spice to it. You know, we started we, we started taking on our identity of our coach. You know, we we started playing with his type of swagger, his type of grit, his type of passion. And before you knew it, 
that, that early on that season, we're having player only meetings. You know, we're having player only workouts. You know, we're we're off the field meeting with each other, building that bond, that relationship to become a great linebacker core. And I still see that today with those young guys. You know, with KJ Britt leading the pack, and even having a freshman like Owen Papo, who's who's talented. Um, but he he, he has God given talent. You know, you can't take that away from him. But the the level of, of play he's playing at right now as a freshman to even be the only linebacker on the field in the dime package in the SEC. That's crazy. You know, that's that's crazy, man. That's crazy. So you you see a lot of guys they come in and they they have a as a freshman, you know, they're a five star. They have a kind of a a role in the defense or the offense. But it's plenty of time when he's on the field, he's that guy. You know, he has to make all the calls. He has to make the checks. He has to make everyone there, make sure everyone is on the same page, and he's doing that. So I'm proud of those guys, man. Like I said, it, it, you can go down the list. The Cope McLean's made some big plays. Sure. Uh, Chandler Woods made some big plays this year. But that's just the standard of that linebacker. Program. If you're going to play linebacker at Army University, it's a certain way you have to play. And if you're not going to play that way, you're not going to be on the field. Yeah, I mean, it's clear whatever T. Will is coaching you guys is working. I mean, that, that Clemson – game in the season opener. I mean, uh, some people, myself included, have kind of dubbed that as Deshaun Davis's coming out party. And, you know, there's a lot of storylines immediately after that game about questions about the offense, but holy cow, the defense looked good. But as we get farther and farther away from that game, people look back at that and say, that was Deshaun Davis's coming out party. I mean, have you gone back to watch that game or do you think about that at all? Or, or uh, is that something you're just kind of, kind of moved on from? No, I, I still remember some... Uh some big plays from that game, man. Uh, I remember uh, that fourth down, the first drive. That yeah. Game, uh, the fourth down when I batted that pass down, I ran to the sideline and I kind of erupted. And that moment right there, man, I, I just got chills thinking about it. Like, <laughs> seriously, but that, that moment right there was just, it was a moment to myself to say, I'm here. You know, just to say, man, college football world, number 57 is here and he's for real. You know, to, to many people, it might have just seemed like, a PBU, or it might just seem like a, a, a knockdown, or whatever, whatever you want to call it, on fourth yeah. down. But to me, man, it's bigger it was than so that. much passion. In that play. Yeah, it was so much passion in that play. Just knowing my story, knowing what I've been through, you know, the fight and the grit I had to show to get, even get to that moment to be in that position to even make that play. And like you said, man, it was kind of that that coming out moment for me. And I tell people all the time, it kind of felt like a, it kind of felt like a movie. Um, after that moment, you know, I made that play and it's just like everything's quiet. Right. And when I knocked that ball down, I ran to the sideline. Whatever my theme song was, it came on at that moment. And <laughs> sure. After then, it was the tackle at the tackle, PBU at the PBU, TFL at the TFL, and the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. Deshaun, thank you so much for your time today. One last question. Do you um do you have a score prediction for, for Saturday, Auburn, Georgia? Uh Saturday. I got Arvin, of course. And, sure. Um, score, out of respect to both defenses, I'm going to say 21-17 Arvin. Hey, I think a lot of Auburn fans will be stoked with that. Deshaun, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Awesome stuff from Deshaun Davis, obviously former Auburn linebacker. I hope you guys enjoyed that. It was, uh, it was uh, a pleasure chatting with him. So we'll be back tomorrow to talk about um, – I want to answer more voicemail questions. Tomorrow, I mentioned that uh, earlier in the show, I believe, but I want to make sure I get the the number right. One day, I'm going to just kind of have that prepared. Yeah, call the Locked On Auburn podcast voicemail at 
502-4285. I've got a few in there already. I'm not ignoring you. We're just going to have a, a caller-driven show tomorrow. It's kind of my goal. So I would love for, uh, for you guys to help out with that to talk about Auburn, Georgia this Saturday. It's a big one, and Auburn's got a great chance to play spoiler. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I'm Zach Blackerby. You can follow me on Twitter at ZBlackerby. You can follow Painter. He just, uh, yeah, follow Painter on Twitter at Paint Sharpless. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.